This is Sandy Clough and Chandro Tar on Mile High Sports. Yeah, get fired up, Nuggets fans. NBA Finals tonight, game one down at Ball Arena. Joining us to talk about it of the Denver Gazette is there Nuggets lead writer Vinny Benedetto. V. Benedetto on Twitter. Vinny, thanks so much for joining us. I know it is busy. I know it's busy right now. we got about three and a half hours to tip. We really appreciate the time today. Uh, I guess just set the scene for us, if you would, with the madness yesterday and then uh, today with Denver set to host its very first ever NBA Finals game. Yeah, yesterday was was kind of a uh, zoo. Might be putting it too strongly, but but there was a lot going on at once. Free for had, all, uh, maybe. Free for all. That's a good one. <laughs> yeah. um, they have they have turned the old uh, storage spot into uh, the press conference room, like they did last year for the Stanley Cup Finals. The media right. workroom right. is now in a tent outside, um, and there were players and coaches talking at. at you know, three different spots all afternoon. So tons of media, local, national, international. Um, so, yeah, it was uh, kind of a lot to wrap your head around for the first uh, 30 or 30 minutes or an hour of media day. But, uh, but uh, yeah, certainly certainly a lot of fun things going on around the arena today. Yes, and, and I think uh, 99% of it is great and it's fun. Uh, you certainly know the NBA is in charge. <laughs> of of most everything, including the construction of the tents and where they're uh, where they're located and so on. I'm wondering, though, as an observer, how you think, in a general sense, the Nuggets are handling something that they've never quite had to handle before. And I know, in a sense, you could say the same thing about the Heat because their previous finals experience came in the bubble, and that was not a scene remotely similar to what we have now in Denver. Yeah, I think it's a, a really interesting point. And then you consider the fact that, you know, for most of this postseason, Michael Malone has been able to play the we're the underdog. We're not exactly. Guard. Yep. And, and now all of a sudden, you know, Vegas has them a, a pretty significant favorite. I'm not sure if it's minus 300 or 350 or what. Um, Might be higher. Yeah, now it probably is. Um, but yeah, the you know, the Nuggets have, have enjoyed their kind of underdog status for, for most of the postseason, I think, and now that they're the favorite, it, it does feel a little bit different, but I think this is one of the moments where it's really beneficial uh to have a guy like Nikola Jokic leading the charge because I don't know, I, I'm sure he's aware to some extent that the Nuggets are favored, but I think he might have less of an idea than I do in terms of the, the details. <laughs> and uh, you know, just a guy. I think I think the opportunity of, of being the team that says we're going to win the first championship in, in Nuggets history has a way of kind of refocusing the team. That you know, the outside noise and people finally giving the Nuggets their flowers. I don't I don't think will be too big of a distraction. The idea that 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 Jokic had in this team does seem to be behind for the most part. Uh, Jamal Murray, you know, was caught when. Uh, had his great game with the Lakers and caught in the hall saying, you know, five more, five more wins. They were, he wasn't even focusing on uh, finishing off the Lakers series, focusing on winning the whole thing for the, the nuggets, that kind of, of mindset now is, is very different. And the idea that, yeah, you know, the nuggets history is, is not that good. These guys don't seem to care about that. And, and uh, Jokic, when asked uh, about multiple things kind of indicated, uh, I think through the subtext, I don't need the awards because if we win the title, I've 
proven everything I need to prove to all of you. And it feels like for Murray, for a lot of these guys, that's the way they're approaching it. They don't need the flowers because if they win, nobody has any choice but to give it to them. Yeah, and I think that's a, that's a good point. You know, for Nicola, it's obviously with the, with the individual awards. Jamal's thing seems to be showing people that he's just a playoff performer. It's not just the bubble. Uh, for for Aaron Gordon, I think he's out to prove that you know the the rough series last year against Golden State wasn't wasn't who he is. And, and Michael Porter Jr. I think has, has made strides uh, defensively where people can't can't you know pick on him for that anymore so i mean that, that's just the top four guys and you know bruce brown obviously has a chip on his shoulder um and and the vets i think just want to get it done as well so i think everybody individually and collectively is in a pretty good headspace going into game one um obviously that can change real quickly but yeah i think i i don't think there should be much concern over where where the team's head at is going into game one how do you think the nuggets will match up uh from a defensive point of view uh, who guards Butler? Is it obviously Gordon from the start of the game anyway, or could it be someone else? And uh, any thoughts on uh, who the Nuggets might assign defensively to Caleb Martin, who is very close to being the MVP of the Eastern Conference Finals? Yeah, I think it's going to be some combination of, of Aaron Gordon and Contagious Coldwell Pope on, on those two. I think you got to start with Aaron on Jimmy Butler, just given right. Aaron's track I record agree. so far for this postseason. Um, he's taken on every challenge, and Jimmy Butler's playing at an incredible level, but, but Aaron Gordon has kind of he's kind of put the fire out of a, a lot of guys so far this postseason, and I think he's just um, put together pretty well to – to make life on Jimmy Butler tough. He's big enough, he's strong enough, he's athletic enough to to make it tough. And then, you know, KCP might be giving up a little bit of size to Caleb Martin. Um, but I wow, think that's he, interesting. You think KCP will be on Caleb Martin. That's that's very interesting. But not much size because they're both right around 6'5", right? He's not giving up a lot. Of, I, I agree with you. He's right. giving up some, but not very much. Right. And, and yeah, I, I'm just going from the standpoint of, um, that that feels like a lot for for Michael Porter Jr. Um, I I, don't, I, I don't kind know. of agree with you on that. That's a lot of running around because Caleb Martin's going to move around a lot. Yeah, and, and so I, I would I would start with Jimmy on or Aaron on Jimmy, KCP on Caleb, and then fill it in from there. Obviously, Bam and Joker are going to match up, and then you just got to find spots, you know. Uh, Jamal and MPJ, who they're going to guard. But I would start with with yeah, Aaron. Yeah, I'd probably Jimmy. be Murray on. I don't know. Yeah, probably would be Murray on Gabe Vincent and maybe Porter on Struce because Struce hangs out in the three-point line and, you know, Porter has some length, could bother him. Yeah, and I think that's really a, a pretty solid starting ground for the Nuggets. Obviously, things can change. You get Bruce Brown into the game and shake things up. But oh, I think, no I think question. A, yeah. I think that's a pretty good starting point for the Nuggets. Vinny, the idea with uh, you're talking about Aaron Gordon and and Jimmy Butler. In Gordon's case, you know, the the, uh, the stats and breakdown in the second spectrum that over the last three years, nobody is better guarding Jimmy Butler one on one than Aaron Gordon across the entire league. Now he hasn't even went with the Nuggets all th- all three of those seasons, so that's a pretty telling stat. In fact, the difference is that 100 plays uh, every 100 plays, Butler scores 11.4 defended by Aaron Gordon. Every other defender in the league with a minimum of 100 different matchups. He's at 17.9. So, I mean, you're talking about 
uh, a monumental gap. It, the, the number goes almost down uh, by half uh, when they're talking about when uh, Gordon faces Butler. If Gordon is able to do even mostly that, the Heat don't have a chance, do they? Yeah, I don't think so. I mean, then you factor in the the bum ankle he's probably playing on. And the long minutes? Yeah, I think it's going to be long minutes, short recovery period from Game 7 to Game 1 here, playing at altitude. I think it's just all stacking up pretty poorly. Um, But, you know, Jimmy has has stepped up to the occasion throughout the playoffs, even when it seemed really improbable. Um, So I I almost feel weird in how confident I am that, that this is, is situated pretty well for the Nuggets, but yeah, those those stats from the last three years certainly back up that that Aaron Gordon is almost the prototypical defender for a guy like Jimmy. And if he can, I think Jimmy's averaging just under twenty nine points a game, and if Aaron's able to hold him under twenty per game, I think that makes it really tough for Miami, where they're just going to have to have everybody else almost shoot lights out like they did in the Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, you've uh, I'm sure considered it, thought about it, uh, talked about it, written about it. Uh, the nine day layoff, uh, unusually long, not, not the longest layoff ever. I don't think, but a pretty long time. Any thought that at least at the outset tonight, the nuggets might have to fight off some rust. Yeah, I think that's fair, just in terms of I think Michael Malone would probably be acting a little recklessly if he had his guys playing at full playoff intensity in a, in a practice setting. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, for the first five or six minutes, guys are missing open shots, you know, suffering some uncharacteristic misses. But I think if they just combat that with energy and effort, they'll be all right, because I'd rather – I'd rather have too much rest than have too little and then show up and play at altitude in a, in a game one of the finals. So I think, I think they can make up for any, any rust that, uh, that exists with, with just playing hard. And then if, if that persists, I think you just got to get the ball to Nicola because that's another matchup for Miami defensively that I don't think they have an easy answer for. Um, so if, if early shot, Open shots are, are not hidden for the Nuggets. I think you just got to feed Nicola and take the uh, take the points that way. The idea of the Nuggets' defense hasn't really been discussed. The idea, you know, it's going to the Nuggets' offense versus the Heat defense, and there's a little of that too when it's flipped because the Heat uh, really did shoot very well, as you pointed out, and and did very well uh, in in the three point land. But then the regular season, the Nuggets were the third best team in the league defending the three, thirty four point four percent. The only two teams better than the Lakers and the Pelicans. So the Nuggets, despite the fact that you look at maybe the total points they give up or things like that, have actually been consistently one of the better defensive teams against the three in the regular season. And uh, in the postseason, by the way, in case you were curious, it's 34.2. So they've been the exact same way the whole year. Uh, Is Denver's defense getting a little underrated in all this talk about Jokic and Murray and how they score? Yeah, I think so, and I think part of that is people just looked at the final month or six weeks of the regular season and said, oh, this team has some real defensive issues. Um, where I think I think the regular season kind of started with, with the Nuggets being 
middle of the road, maybe slightly below average defensively. And then from about December, probably through maybe February or March, they, they really played pretty solidly defensively. And then it fell off uh, a cliff at the end of the regular season. Yeah, it, it did. But we all know what was going on there, too. They were uh, nursing some minor injuries and taking no chances. And really, the last 17 games, you could almost discount in, in terms of rating them defensively because they weren't playing their normal lineups in many of those games. Right, and I, I, I just think that's part of the reason why, why their defense isn't getting uh, the respect maybe it deserves as people were, were putting too much emphasis on that final. People who don't follow it as closely put, right. put a lot of emphasis on that final stretch. So, yeah, I think they are you know, significantly improved defensively. Obviously, Aaron Gordon's played at an incredibly high level. KCP, Bruce Brown have lifted it up. Michael Porter Jr. is not a guy you can really attack anymore, it appears. So, yeah, I think they're they're much stronger defensively than they, they probably get credit for. He is Vinny Benedetto. Make sure you check him out at V. Benedetto on Twitter. And, of course, the Denver Gazette, where he puts together all the terrific work. Obviously, it's going to be an exciting night, and you have your work cut out for you, Vinny. Thank you so much for giving us a little bit of your time. Uh, I know it has been really busy, so we really appreciate all the insight. Awesome. Appreciate it, guys. All right. Thank you so much, Vinny Benedetto of the Denver Gazette joining us. And uh, I I do want to go back to that defense for a moment because some of the narrative coming in is, well, look how well Miami shot the three compared to Boston shooting the three. And you know what? There's a reason that that was uh, talked about because it was maybe the decisive point in the series. But Denver's actually not good at defending the three. Sandy, they're borderline great at defending the three. Now, granted, I know you look at it and say 34%. wasn't all that long ago. You're like, you held a team to 34% from three. My goodness, would you just leave them alone? But that's not the way the league works anymore. And that was the third best in the entire no, that's, NBA. That's, that's very good. So the and, fact that and the, it's, it was a weakness years ago. Yes. Now and it's one of their strengths. And, and I think but people overlook it. And, and when you talk about the number of ways... Because you look at the Nuggets and you realize the Nuggets are going to, uh, there will be a game, probably in the series, where they don't get to 100. There probably will be. Wouldn't surprise me. But they're going to live in that 110 area, even against a defensive team from Miami that's pretty darn good. At home they are. So you're going to have to figure out if you're Miami, how do we get that many points? And in what what combination of offense and defense, how do we generate that many points? And they're going to have to do it with the three-point shot. Sure. Oh, I I, I agree. And they're going to have to do it by attacking what is sometimes a vulnerable middle of the Denver defense, interior of yes. the Denver to, defense. To get it set up, yes, yeah. to get it set yeah, up. But, I, I but if Denver so. plays well I against so. the three, it really limits the things that Miami can do offensively. Yeah, it uh, does. Adebayo and, and cannot just post up Jokic. That's not a thing. He's not a big Miami's scorer. Miami's not a big team getting to the foul line. No, either. they're not. So they really need the three. They're a jump-shooting team for the most part. And that, again, also plays into the Nuggets' hands. This is going to be such a a challenging series for the Heat. You don't rule them out. You, you know, you rule them out, you're a fool. Go look at the uh, littered carcasses of teams they went through in, in the Eastern Conference. And not Angel just the two best records in the yeah, league. Yeah, the two they best records in the league directly. And lost. <laughs> Took them both out. Uh, what? Four out of 11 games. Right. Against, or, yeah, teams or, with the top two records in the yeah. entire league. Not, they, not they just in your right. Not just in the East. In the whole league. In the whole league. So, yeah, you you have to take them seriously. They are versatile. They are effective. They are tough. And they are extraordinarily well coached. But uh, against the Nuggets, they have some challenges that 
systemically, I don't know that they can overcome unless they absolutely play out of their minds or the Nuggets don't. And that, I, I think, is really interesting, Sandy, because we talk about, you mentioned it a little bit ago, how the, the Nuggets are functional. They, they don't mess with a lot of this stuff. And the no-drama Nuggets are sort of the perfect team for this year's NBA. And they remind me a little bit, as I said before, for, for fans here locally, you might not love the comparison, but I think there's something to it. They remind me a little bit of the Tom Brady, Bel- Bel- Belichick, New England Patriots and the fact that there's not a lot of stories that come out of there. Uh, there's, there's really, really good talent. It's something to watch. But you know what? They just go out. They win a whole bunch of games. They don't talk a lot. I think there are some similarities here. Well, uh, and I, I find, in terms of temperament, this team to be very much like the 2012-13 Nuggets. And the big difference is that Nugget team did not have a Jamal Murray and certainly did not have Nikola Jokic. But, uh, you know, you, you talk about low maintenance. That team was no maintenance. And, and this team is no maintenance. And Jokic makes it that way. Right. And, and go then as, Malone as has, has allowed that uh, to flourish by not creating controversy uh, himself. And I, I I think in New England, it was clearly by design. They just didn't want to make any news whatsoever. A lot of things are going on internally, but they put a lid on that, which I think is easier to do in the NFL than it is in the NBA sometimes. But I agree. Uh, again, one of the similarities that exist between these two teams is that there's very little strife that you can find. Butler loves his teammates. Jokic loves his teammates. Both would be happy to spend the rest of their careers. Butler at 33, Jokic at whatever, 28, playing with these same guys. They'd be perfectly okay with that. Win or lose in the NBA Finals. Or quite frankly, with each other. They seem like they'd actually be pretty good. Uh, pretty good teammates and maybe even pals, even though the personalities are quite different. The way they approach uh, the game and the way they approach teammates has an awful lot of overlap. We will uh, take a closer look at game one tonight, what we think will happen. And Coach George Carl will join us a little bit later in the program next on My High Sports. Sandy Clough and Chandro Tar, presented by Superbook Sports. Download the Superbook app and start winning today at Superbook.com. Here's Sean and Sandy. Game one is tonight, just about three hours till tip. The NBA Finals in Ball Arena. The Denver Nuggets host the Miami Heat in uh, maybe not a, a famous, exciting matchup for the national folks, but you know what? Uh, it is the deserved matchup. Because it is the teams that deserve to be here. And I actually think that for NBA fans who tune in and are disappointed they didn't get Lakers Celtics because apparently everybody wants to go to the fast food restaurant and get the exact same meal every time. Don't ask me why people love that. I've never figured it out in my entire career why people want to see the same thing every time. I'm, I'm a give me fresh faces guy. But you're going to see 
something we haven't seen in, in the NBA in a while. You're going to see two teams playing team basketball that play contrasting styles. And we're just going to see who comes out on top because the Nuggets are going to play the way they play and the Heat are going to play the way they play. And I like the idea about that. The Heat are a little more malleable as the, as the underdog is the team that it maybe has a little less talent. They're going to have to get a little more creative. But the Nuggets' objective should just be the Nuggets. And Sandy, you talked about this at the end of the regular season. The Nuggets just need to mind their own business, do their own thing. Don't. It's not as simple as saying, don't screw it up. We're not asking you to be Trent Dilfer in the Super Bowl with the Ravens. But realize you don't need to do too much. You don't need to do otherworldly things, things you haven't done play before. Play your good game. Just play your game. game. And I, I thought John Hollinger wrote a particularly good preview column for this series um, uh, for The Athletic. And the headline was, NBA Finals are better than you think. And then he went on to pick the Nuggets to win. That's in the headline, too. But he said this, and it, people are funny. It, the general sports fan says, I want parity. I want everybody getting a shot. I do. If I live in a small market, I want my team it's to have a I shot. I grew up here, probably, but, but I do. then... Oh, the, the fans really don't mean that. When they say that, they want the super teams or the superstars in the finals. They they don't want the smaller market teams or the so-called small market teams. Here's what he writes. You want parity, you got it. It's the fitting coda to one of the most unpredictable topsy-turvy seasons in NBA annals. The Heat gave up more points than they scored in the regular season. First team since the 58-59 Minneapolis Lakers. They weren't even the Los Angeles right. Lakers then. That's when the Lakers didn't make sense. To make the finals after being outscored. And that happened to be the last time when Boston beat the Lakers. They only had to win two series back then to win a championship. That was the last time that the champion did not face a team with a winning percentage of 550 or above until this year when it's been the Nuggets who have not had to face that. But the 58-59 Minneapolis Lakers, I believe, had Elgin Baylor on their team, a young Elgin Baylor on their team. They were pretty good. The other team the Celtics beat that uh, year in the playoffs was the Syracuse Nats, who had a record of 35-37. and They said, oh, they're not very good. You ever heard of Dolph Shays? Yes. He's in the Hall of Fame. Uh, yes. I Johnny have. Red Kerr, Larry Costello, later on a championship coach with the Milwaukee Bucks, part of the 76er team in 67 that went 68 and 13. That team went 35 and 37 somehow. I don't know how, but they're, they're a Hall of Famers on these teams. Jimmy Butler's going to be in the Hall of Fame. Jimmy Butler doesn't have to breakthrough and win a championship this year in order to get himself into the Hall of Fame. Probably He's going to be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Nikola Jokic, win or lose this series, is going to be in the Hall of Fame. Jamal Murray, of course. Jamal some of the other Murray's guys making have... a push. I'd be, let's he'll, take one step at a time. The, yeah. Let's get him into an All-Star <laughs> game. Yeah, first. he'll need an All-Star game and a but, title, but, yeah, but still. Uh, you know, and here's what they say. Um, it, three minutes away, as we explained earlier from elimination, in the play-in tournament. That's the heat. 
For their part, the Nuggets led the Western Conference nearly the entire season while being taken almost completely unseriously as a real contender. Mm -hmm. That's on us, not them, but it fits into the larger narrative, too. Even as a number one seed, Denver's 646 win percentage was the lowest to lead the West since 78-79. That was Seattle. What happened to them? They won the world championship that year. In 2008, the same mark would have made Denver the seventh seed. Uh, George Carl would certainly remember that uh, because the Nuggets that year were an eighth seed. Mm. And they won 50 games. Right. Three fewer than this team won this year. And that was, uh, how should I put it, a rather cantankerous Nugget team at the time. Because you didn't have Chauncey, but you did have JR, and you had Kenyon Martin, and you had Nene, and you had Carmelo, and um, cantankerous behavior was the norm. Uh, and, they, and they still won 50 games. Let's look back, he writes, for a second before we look forward, because it's been a journey. When we say this postseason was a wild ride, history backs it up. It's like the NBA turned into the NHL this spring. Seven of the 14 playoff series so far have been won by the team without home court advantage, which is the first time this has happened since 1979. So appreciate this for what it is in this topsy-turvy, unpredictable playoff where all top seeds, even in the first round, if you were a one seed, two seed, three seed, four seed, you were vulnerable. The Nuggets did what they were supposed to do. They're the only team that did what they were supposed the, to do. Miami was supposed to lose to Milwaukee. Yeah, and I and I think it's, the only it gets team funny. that played up to its form was Denver. I understand they're the only one, and I understand when people look at these teams now. And when you get to the finals, it happens, and you compare. But I always look at it and look at teams and say, okay, you know, to my mind, if you won fifty, you were a really, really good team. Well, it's 51, 52, 53, 55. All of that is highly dependent on the year in which you played. Was your conference down? Was your division down? Was your division up? I, I, I tend to not make those kind of comparisons uh, and say, well, this team was 54 and this team no, was 53. Yeah, no, well, that I, doesn't I, I mean all that But much. that's yeah. what we're saying right. about the Nuggets earlier right. when they went 7 and 10 down the stretch that – you know, when they, they had, were when on they, a pace to win 55 to 60 right. games. And everything was already tucked away. They, but they, they were, had first place virtually clinched. Hey, you know what so they've yes, had ever they since? they didn't need any of the wood? last 17 Health. Games. They prioritized health and fitness. Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo are wearing down. You saw it. The numbers make it clear on both of them because they're asked to carry heavier loads. The Nuggets are healthy. For the first time in what feels like years, and they are comparatively rested. They were rested coming into the playoffs, and they're rested now. Greg Popovich probably looks over at what the Nuggets have done and said, that's how you're supposed to do it. That's the right approach. I thought the best thing the Nuggets did all year was not pushing for an MVP award that Jokic didn't care about anyway. And they stayed consistent both in their public statements and their overall behavior. The objective this year is not to get Jokic a third MVP. It's to win a championship. That's the objective, and they stayed true to that. Philadelphia played well the last couple of months and played Embiid 
all the time in an effort to get Embiid his MVP. The same way the Nuggets really tried hard to get Jokic his first MVP, and then they got swept out of the playoffs in the second round by Phoenix. And then last year they lost in five games to Golden State in the first round. Jokic is looking at that and saying, I won the MVP twice. I don't need any more MVPs. I need to win. Yeah. And what would have Bur- whatever I can do to further our chances of winning yep. is what I'm going to do. And if it means sitting out a large portion and not the averaging final a triple double season, which you could have done right. if they wanted. Okay. But it wasn't about campaigning for the right. MVP. It wasn't about statistical milestones. Nothing like that. It was about making the team as fresh and as keen as it could be going into the playoffs. Not burned out from chasing uh, some uh, really rather unimportant uh, goal of winning 60 because it would give them the best record in the league and home court advantage throughout the playoffs. The Avalanche didn't have home ice advantage last year throughout the playoffs until Florida lost early. Right. Right? And the Nuggets didn't have it throughout the playoffs until Milwaukee lost early and then... Boston, Boston and Philadelphia lose. played in a series, so one of them had to lose. And then Boston lost right. game seven yeah, the, the other Nuggets night. were only going to have home, so now, home court if this they, result what, happened. Well, what's the difference? They could have won 60 games and had home court advantage or 53 and still had home court advantage for the entire playoffs. So they played it right. They played it the way that a team whose primary objective is winning a championship, not getting somebody an MVP award or a scoring title or whatever, they played it the way championship teams or championship contending teams should play it all the time. And that was the method to Popovich's madness. And I know the league didn't like it. And they find him at fans in other right? cities didn't like it because they were seen in some cases, the Spurs only one time. And then they come to town and Duncan's on the bench when he's otherwise healthy and Parker's on the bench when he's otherwise healthy and Ginobili's on the bench when he's otherwise healthy People got very upset, but Popovich, I think, correctly said, it's my team. We have championship skins on the wall by doing it my way, and we're going to continue to do it my way, and David Stern can go, yep, you know, do whatever to himself. Uh, fly kite, I think they used to say. But but do you think about the the other idea, right, the, the, the contrast? Oh, well, you could have pushed for Jokic's third MVP. Here, here's what I would look at. Again, to further the point you made, Everything ended up exactly right in the best possible circumstance because of what they did. If the Denver Nuggets win a title, being the top seed in the West, and potentially, let's say that we both we both agree this is a Nuggets in five, that would make the Nuggets 16-4 and four in the playoff run, if I'm not mistaken. Same as the Avalanche were last year. So if in three consecutive years, Nikola Jokic wins the MVP, wins the MVP again, then leads the Denver Nuggets to the top seed in the West, where then they stampede through the entire league and win the title. Uh, which burnishes his Hall of Fame credentials more? The third MVP? It's this. Of course. It's this. Of course. And I, I don't know that his Hall of Fame credentials need burnishing. But, uh, well, right. but now, I, you, now you jump into first ballot I, I, stuff. I think, yes. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I, I think he's probably first ballot anyway. But I get your point because they get if you what want they wanted to anyway. be looked at as a memorable player and all-time great among the greatest of the great 
you probably need one. Charles Barkley is an all time great. What's the first thing people bring up? He didn't win. He didn't win. And it's a cute commercial. We've we've seen it all the time. The uh, Barkley of today and a young Charles Barkley sitting side by side on the couch. And the ending line is, uh, oh, you'll uh, be surprised. uh, (laughs) uh, 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 You know, the young Barkley asking, hey, old Chuck, how many titles am I going to win? Oh, wait a minute. Don't tell me I want to be surprised. And the old Barkley saying, oh, you'll be, <laughs> you'll surprised. be surprised. It's big, obviously. And there's an opportunity to have a little fun with it, too, by the way. So bring that big bet energy this summer with Superbook Sports. Superbook Sports, the most trusted name in sports betting. And right now, use your promo code MILEHIGH to score up to $250 with their first bet bonus. It means win or lose, they match your first bet up to $250 if you enter the promo code MILEHIGH. You simply visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions or download the Superbook Colorado app in the app stores. Enter the promo code MILEHIGH and you'll get $250. Courtesy of Superbook Sports. Gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Well, you've heard us break it down. Uh, you and I don't have 800 NBA wins, but uh, our next guest does. Talk about Hall of Famers. We got one. George Carl joining us next on My Life Sports. This is Sandy Clough and Chandro Tar on Mile High Sports. We expect to be joined in just a couple of minutes by Coach George Carl, of course. Uh, Sandy, you host the Truth and Basketball podcast with him, part of the True Plus Media a company that Coach Carl has in association with Mile High Sports. And uh, you can always pick that up anywhere you, that you'd like, anywhere you get your podcasts uh, over at Mile High Sports as well, uh, Truth and Basketball. And obviously it's a very uh, r- revealing look at the way uh, the NBA works and the way that, that Coach Carl's look works. Uh, you recorded you know, right here where we're, we're at, had a chance to speak to him after the most recent recording uh, th- this week. And it's, it's interesting to see, talking a little bit about how the Nuggets have evolved, and one of the things that I, I do want to give some some credit to, we've talked about it a bit, the functionality of the Denver Nuggets. And, and it, has, it, has, it does work from top down. And so uh, that leads them to where they are. Joining us now, we're very fortunate to be joined by uh, the host of that Truth and Basketball podcast with Sandy. Of course, you uh, delighted to get to hear him here. Uh, Coach George Carl, you can follow him on Twitter, Coach Carl 22 Coach, thanks for joining us. Uh, the Nuggets are doing what, uh, for nearly half a decade, or half a decade, half a century in the NBA, people thought may have been uh, an unreachable goal, even though they had come close a few times. They are not only in the NBA Finals, they are hosting it, they have home court advantage, and they are the favorites. Uh, what does this moment mean for someone who has worked so long with the organization? I think we all feel a little bit a part of it. I think we all have a little bit of pride, uh, you know, with Doug and Larry Brown and guys like that, Bobby Jones and Dan Issel. We all go back to the ABA days. Right. Uh, the foundation of basketball is, uh, it's, I mean, the, I mean, back in the 70s, it was the third most popular sport in America. And now it's the second most popular sport in the world. 
And we've been a part of all that process. But, you know, I think we all love Denver. And uh, we all, we, I, I don't, I've not talked to one Denver player that plays here that doesn't want the Nuggets to win. And they, they feel that this is our time. And uh, hopefully in about 15 or 20 days, we'll have a party, a parade downtown Denver. Coach, uh, we were talking just before we brought you on about the fact that these two teams uh, are similar in many ways, different in some. Uh, Miami is clearly overachieving. They've won three straight series without home court advantage. That's very unusual in NBA playoff history. Uh, And this is one of those years where, uh, uh, as we were talking earlier, uh, the NBA playoffs uh, don't seem to have featured home court advantage advantage as much it's more like the nhl playoffs where sometimes there's home ice advantage but a lot of times there isn't any home ice advantage uh, to speak of the nuggets are the one team that has done what they are supposed to do what kind of mindset frame of mind do you think that gives the nuggets going into this series Uh, the other one seed the other two seed in fact, all seven top seeds in the East, they're all gone. Uh, the the second seed in the West went out in the first round. The Nuggets are the one team that's done what they've talked about doing all year. If anything, they've been better in the playoffs than they were during the regular season. How much confidence, in your opinion, does that give them? I definitely think they're... They're very confident. They're playing very, very well. Uh, I mean, we can sit back and rationalize that nine days is a long time. They right. can come out rusty. History says that if you have more than a five-day break, I think it has happened nine times, and the team with the break has won eight of the yeah, nine. That's right. So I think in time, I just know the one time I played in the finals, I was amazed how fit, how tired you were on days off. All you wanted to do was rest. All you wanted to do is get your body to feel better. But then when the game started, you played with tremendous intensity, tremendous enthusiasm, because your body has a way of overcoming fatigue. But there are things that come with being fatigued. I think right now Denver... Is, is very strong in almost every area. The only thing Miami has gained by playing a seven-game series where they had to be desperate in a couple of those games. They've learned to handle maybe the stress of a playoff series if it goes a little bit longer. So I think the first two games here at home are really, really important. I think Jimmy Butler and Spolster know that game one is the one game that you can sometimes get by surprising a team. And I think they won every game one that they played. And, That's right. On the road. And, and the only thing that I checked Miami's box over all the things that you analyze is, you know, Miami has more guys that have played in more NBA finals. Than Denver does. <laughs> yeah. 
even though Kevin Love doesn't matter that much to me, but they have had guys that have had that experience before, and maybe that will help. But, I mean, let's be honest. This is a little bit of a lopsided matchup from a standpoint of skills, talent. And the only thing that Miami has done is they have a connection that probably no other team has had like Denver has. So, in my opinion, you have the two most connected teams from a standpoint of teamness of playing together of knowing how to win, knowing how to play in the fourth quarter. You probably have the two most committed and dedicated basketball teams that play we basketball and not me basketball. Coach, one of the things you brought up that I think is really interesting, the idea that uh, it is something of a mismatch. The, the Denver Nuggets sort of perennially – underrated because they're not one of the blue bloods in this league never have been now, the ringer referred to them as jan brady of the nba how do you coach a team now that was a, that was considered an underdog in the western conference finals in the western conference semis and now is an overwhelming favorite what is the different message to that you send to your players as a coach well the truth of the matter is the media made them underdogs and the truth of the matter is they weren't underdogs they were a better team than the L.A. Lakers, and they were a better team than Phoenix, even though we thought Phoenix might be better because Kevin Durant's going to make them better. And we thought LeBron will lead the Lakers from nowhere to somewhere because he's a LeBron. But the truth of the matter is, Jokic is better than LeBron, and Jokic is better than Kevin Durant. No one wants to say that. But when we win the championship this year, everybody will be saying that. Jokic is that good. I mean, if I was Miami right now, I would just go to somebody and say, I'm going to let Jokic get his points Mm -hmm. because I'm not going to spend time on trying to stop him when nobody else has. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. (laughs) So why don't you focus in on the others and maybe Jamal Murray and – and, and the three-point shooting and making sure they don't – making sure you don't turn the ball over and give them fast-break points. Because if you take away the three-ball, you take away – you take away transitional situations, which I think are their number one offense, is their ability to run, play with pace, and make the three-ball. And then limit Jokic's ability – to make other guys better. Right. I saw a stat today, uh, Sandy, I don't know if you saw it or not, that when Jokic gets 10 assists a game, they win 86% of their game. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 86% is like a 73-win season. So I would be thinking, how do you pressure Jokic and so a low assist game would be one of my priorities. What should we be looking for tonight right off the bat in the first quarter? What would you be looking for? Would it be a matchup? Would it be a defensive scheme? Would it be uh, a question of whether Miami uses zone at all early in the game? What, what would you be looking for? What would 
we be looking for if we're well-informed fans in your mind? What should we be looking for in the first quarter tonight? I would I would be looking for the fundamentals. Who has a good defensive presence? Who is rebounding the ball well? Who is finding the open man? Who is executing the game with spacing? And then the one thing that always jumps out at me early in the game is who is making the three-point shots. Those are all things that I think are going to be a little bit of a feeling out process. As the game goes on, you'll find matchups that are good and matchups that are bad. And how you adjust them at halftime will be really, really important. I've always felt that halftime is more important than pregame. I think the time that how you come out of halftime and your adjustments in a playoff game is highly important. He is George Carl, of course, uh, Coach Carl 22 on Twitter and the host of the Truth and Basketball podcast with Sandy Clough. You can catch that on My Life Sports or anywhere you can get your podcast, part of his Truth Plus Media uh, organization. Coach, you really appreciate it. This is going to be an awful lot of fun and uh, tonight you could be we can set all that aside and i think the folks who've worked with the nuggets for a long time you can just enjoy the moment so uh, please do that and thanks so much thanks coach okay guys there are a lot of guys out there rooting for the nuggets let's go get it done boys let's go all right coach george carl that is uh speaking for a lot of people obviously the nuggets uh tonight will take on the miami heat in game one, the heavy favorites to win the series. We will be back tomorrow to break it down with Romy Bean uh, as well after game one. And uh, maybe our own Nate Lundy will stop in. And maybe uh, you know, a couple tips here here and there with the uh, long weekend. You might want to throw a couple bets down. We can talk about that too. But enjoy the game tonight. Be safe. Uh, if you're heading down there, be safe. And uh, we'll probably start heading down, you know now thanks to danny bailey for putting this all together i Andrew detmer in the booth also working on the video side thanks to uh, all of you who joined us as well on the app over the air uh jake miles uh, one of the youngest nuggets fans in town listening already to this program get ready hopefully to see a, a nuggets title before uh he really can even do just about anything <laughs> little guys out there this is a, a nuggets generation that could grow up with their team as a title winner. How about that? It all starts tonight. Thanks to Vinny Benedetto for joining us. Uh, this is, and of course, Coach, Coach Carl. We'll be back tomorrow, same time, same place. Anil Apiro and Nate Lundy will be back with Afternoon Drive. They'll be right here next. So for Sandy Clough, I'm Sean Drotar. Enjoy game one. We'll be back to break it all down tomorrow right here. Keep it tuned on Mile High Sports. <laughs>